Okay, this is going to be a phenomenal episode. Uh, this is one you do not want to miss. Um, I had an incredible conversation with this gentleman. Um, he's actually in the Muscular Gentleman program. But not only that, but he is an expert in his field. He's a licensed massage therapist, a mindfulness coach, a Reiki master. Um, he explores uh, in group classes, he explores masculinity, which is a major uh, plus for the type of conversations that I want to have. Um, but also, more importantly, what one of the biggest reasons I have him on this show is he is a breathwork facilitator. And this is a very interesting, very unique uh, practice that I want everybody to be aware of as something to help them level up. And we know in The Muscular Gentleman, anything I can do to bring you um, something that will help you become better in your life and improve your journey, um, this is, I'm going to try to get it on the show. So that's what I did here today. Um, this uh, man, his name is Nate Ewert, and he is uh, a colleague, a friend. And I actually get the opportunity and the honor of coaching him in the Muscular Gentleman program, which is uh, amazing. So without further ado, let's jump in and we're going to teach you all sorts of amazing things. But he's a breathwork um, facilitator and he is going to deep dive into what that looks like. But also, this is so huge for the muscular gentleman and the masculinity side uh, of men in the way that we can live more in the present. And if you can dial in on a practice like this, not only can you become more present in your daily life, but his facilitating of breath work is really cool because it's going to help you move through trauma and things like that. So without further ado, let's jump in. Uh, welcome Nate here. Welcome to the Muscular Gentleman. Muscular Gentleman. Where we don't apologize for being men. Masculinity. Sex fitness and attraction helping men reclaim their masculine edge improve their sex life get the body they've always wanted and master their mindset to build a life worth living this is the muscular gentleman and now your host rustin webb awesome all right cool. rustin webb here uh this is another awesome podcast that I am excited to uh, jump into. Um, I have a guest here, Nate Ewert. I'm going to let him tell him his story a little bit, um, but he is a breath work expert and he works with men, helping them um, using breath work to help them with their trauma um, from kind of a high overview of, of that and uh, does a lot more. But what's cool about Nate is he's actually a muscular gentleman. So he is in the um, men's program uh, and brings it every week and does phenomenal work and has had some massive shifts. So I'll let him talk about that too. But I am really excited to have him on the show. We have gotten into some incredible conversations on masculinity, attraction, sex, you name it. So this is going to be a fun uh, talk. So um, without further ado, Nate Ewert, uh, tell us a little bit about, well, tell us more about what you do, not just what I said. Cool. Well, thanks. And um, I feel very <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Nate Ewert. I, I own a company called Somatic Synergies Integrated Healing. And I've been, um, it's October will be 10 years that I'll have been in business. And my, my main mission was to find, um, you know, find a place where I can provide safety and help people know that they matter and that they're safe to heal. And I started as a body worker 20 years ago. And 
went through, you know, a lot of different shifts and changing. I, I taught that for a while, um, did some curriculum work. I've, I've done, um, you know, probably every certification in the bodywork realm that there is for, you know, different forms of massage, healing and energy work and all of that. And really the last 10 years, um, well, 10 years ago, I hit kind of a rock bottom in my life and started the business and started on this journey of healing myself and my own traumas. And that's when I started studying mindfulness. Um, uh, so a lot of spiritual healing practices, um, some shamanism and, uh, about six or seven years ago, I did breath work for the first time. And as soon as I was able to learn it, uh, to become a facilitator for it, I jumped on the opportunity, um, because it became such a huge catalyst for me to, to heal a lot of my stuff and, and create a lot of awareness and healing, um, and, and just really allowed me to show up in a different way for my family, for my clients, for everybody that I came into contact with. Um, and so it, it sort of became this glue that, that bound everything else that I do and provide for my clients and, and myself um, together. So it's been a really amazing process using all of it. And so now in my, in my practice, I, I use breathwork, I use mindfulness, I, I use these body um, practices uh, with clients. And it's really about healing, healing trauma um, and, and healing uh all of those parts of the mind where we, we get out of choice, where we feel like we have no choice. And so being able to give choice back to people that, that feel like they don't have it. That's so that's awesome. a nutshell. <laughs> no, no, that's good. No, so this is good. Uh, you, you said a couple of things there that I want to touch on. So one of the things you said is a safe place. Um, and, you know, look, this is all about men uh, leveling up. That's what the muscular gentleman is all about. So it's interesting, though, because we, we hear in society and, you know, this safety to heal, this safety to uh, be ourselves. And, you know, men have, have taken quite a hit um, over the last several decades as far as, um, you know, pushing men to be tough. You know, men don't cry and all these different things. And it's very, you know, it's, it's counterintuitive because men have to heal too, right? We've, we've like for me personally, I have trauma from my father who showed toxic masculinity, weak masculinity. Uh, he was a narcissist. He was abusive. I know you have some similar uh, background with this too, but I didn't have a safe place. I, I, I experienced all sorts of trauma and then I didn't really know where to find that healing um, other than the journey I've taken now. But like, do you mind speaking on that a little bit about like the safety side of this? Because there's so many men, I think they're, they're even unsafe in their own mind right? To yeah. believe that they should even address some of this stuff. Um, because they're, they're either, they're afraid they're going to be too, that, like, they're not tough. Like, uh, you know, it's like the ego might be speaking to them or whatever it is, but they're being held back either in their own mind or society is keeping them from, from that space. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's funny that this is going this direction as I was as I was thinking about like, you know, what we were going to talk about and all that, I'm like, Oh, I, I think we should talk about purpose. And your, your question about this safe space is actually exactly what that was for me. Um, I, I did a bunch of purpose work several, several years ago and I'm um, looking at, you know, some of the darkest moments of my life and some of the brightest moments of my life and how, what those have in common. And, and what I realized was, is in my darkest moments, I didn't feel safe. And that, that kind of became, you know, one of the main negative self-talks or, or pieces um, that my mind would come to whenever I, I would start getting into stressful situations. And I would, I would find myself choosing from this place of fear and unsafety. 
Um, and, and then in my brightest moments, I always felt like I mattered, you know, whenever I got this, this, uh, you know, promotion or, you know, finished some class or somebody, you know, gave me some compliment about the, the work that I helped them achieve or something. There was always this sense of, of pride of like, oh, wow, what I did really mattered. And yeah. so when I, when I couple those two things together of, you know, this darkest moment of not feeling safe and these brightest moments of feeling like I mattered, you know, realize like, wow, that's really part of, part of my purpose is creating this, this safe space for people to know that they matter and that they're safe to heal. And, and, and it's sacred and it's, it's protected. And in a lot of the ceremonial work that I've done um, with the shamanic training I've had and, and with the breathwork training I've had, it's about creating what that safe space is. And it can look like a lot of different things, but it's this container, this container of non-judgment, of unconditional expression, of, of love, of it's okay to, to have whatever's going on inside of you. And, and to be able to be there for somebody in a way that it's, it's just allowance, it's allowance of whatever's there, whatever's alive in them and, and being able to, to hold that for them as, as they're expressing, as they're releasing, as, as, you know, as we go into these really dark places within self, it's really scary. And to have somebody there with you to to say, Hey, it's okay. Whatever, whatever's going on in your mind, whatever, whatever you're feeling, um, you know, whatever crazy thoughts they are, whatever, whatever that darkness is in there. Um, it's okay. It's part of the human experience and, and you're okay to express it. You're, you're safe to allow it to come up and look at it and actually see what's behind it because there's always a gift behind it, but it, it feels like the worst possible thing in your life. It feels like the, the most judgment, the most shame, um, the right it's it's the worst thing when we actually look at that and so it always feels very unsafe when we start to uncover these these patterns of self right um whenever whenever we want to make changes in in any any choice pattern behavior pattern anything like that um we have to look at at the driving force behind it and that's where it gets scary and that's where we need to feel safe to feel unsafe (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know it's funny as you're you're speaking to all this i'm literally just playing in my head all these um i think thoughts that roll into men's minds as far as um you know going to these places in our minds and our hearts you feel unsafe uh, too from i think you know social media the judgment of others like you know, I look, I've done breath work with you twice now. What's nice is knowing how non-judgmental judge, that space is with you. Um, and that can be different, right, with other other breath work. I don't, I don't know from that experience, but I know that there is this scary moment, you know, working in that space of, of doing the breath work, of feeling judged. And, and it could just be our own self-internal language and, and judgment that's coming out out of, of that space, but it is kind of scary uh, to to like have to what's about like what's going to reveal itself. So before I yeah. keep talking about this with you, let's break down a little bit what breath work looks like because I think people listening uh, or watching this are going to be like, what what are they talking about? So like <laughs> let's, let's dive into breath work because it might sound confusing. Yeah. I want to speak really quickly from my end, being on the other end of the, the therapy. This is not some voodooistic, like crazy, you know, um, over hippie, you know, there's no chanting and weird. It's not anything 
awkward or strange. You know, like most men that listen to this show, you know, look, we're masculine men. <clears throat> we want to lift weights. We want to improve our lives. We want to be better. And so sometimes we see the, these different therapies out there and it might kind of, I don't know, freak us out. This is, this is legit, man. This is amazing uh, therapy that I think everyone should experience. I mean, everyone. So like, to talk a little bit about it so guys don't go down this road in their mind that you said shaman and it's like immediately people start thinking like peyote and right. and who knows, right? So yeah, yeah. talk to us about that. Um, yeah, so breathwork, I mean, it's a big umbrella of a lot of different techniques. You know, there's on, on kind of the lighter end of it, there's the, uh, you know, pranayama from yoga, right? That's the breathing practice that, that's part of the yoga practices. There's, um, you know, Wim Hof is a really big name in the breathwork community now, the Iceman, right? He does, he does these quick, um, you know, rapid breath patterns for 30 seconds and then breath holds and then cold exposure and he's tough and he climbed Mount Everest with no supplemental <laughs> oxygen, I think in shorts twice, right? You know, right, right. Very, right, very powerful practice that this guy has. Um, there's, so it, it's funny you mentioned like, uh, you know, peyote and, and shamanism. Yeah. So a lot of the breathwork practices that are, that are being used now um, started really getting popularity in the 60s when psychedelics were outlawed. So there were all these therapists that were doing you know, very powerful therapeutic work for addiction and depression and, and all of these things um, with psychedelics, but then it became illegal. And so they, they started transitioning into this, using these forms of breath work to kind of create some of those altered consciousness states where people could look, take a look at their own stuff. And so one of the biggest ones is called holotropic breathing. Um, and that was, that's kind of the biggest, most aggressive form of it. Um, and, and then there's rebirthing breath, which is another big altered consciousness state one. And then shamanic breath work is another one, which is that it's very similar in, in practice to the rebirthing breath, but it, the container's a little different. Um, and so with each of them, the, the container's a little different, the duration's a little different, um, that the breath is a little different with holotropic. It's more of a hyperventilation. So it's an active inhale and an active exhale all through the mouth um, with rebirthing breath, which is the one I was trained in. And I've, I have experience with all of them. Uh, but the one I come back to and teach the most is, is it's based on the rebirthing breath, which is an active inhale and a passive exhale. So it's not a hyperventilation. Um, shamanic breathing, again, is very similar, but the container is different. Um, and con by container, I just mean the space that's being held uh, around it. Um, you know, the, the, you know, maybe somebody will be burning some sage or, or, um, you know, the music might be different. There might be drumming or, or something shamanic breath work. Um, so those are, those are kind of the biggest ones. And, and those are the ones I use when I teach classes, when I do men's groups. Um, I, I do individual sessions with that as well, typically coupled with, with body work and stuff. And what it does is it creates this, this charge in the system. So we can look at this from a couple different lenses, right? You can look at it through the, the physical lens and the physiological lens of like we're hyperoxygenating the system. This is one, these are, these are about hyperoxygenation. There's also some breathwork practices that are about hypooxygenation where we do extended breath holds to create different, different levels of oxygen, right? But in, in the one I use, it's all about creating more oxygen. Um, and as your body oxygenates, um, all of the, like you, 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 you drop into this state of presence that 
I've never experienced any other way, to, to be honest. I mean, I've, I've meditated for years. And um, I, I mean, presence is my number one value. It's it's the first part in the process I take all of my clients through. And it's funny because I've been talking about presence for years and years and years until I, I started this practice of breathwork. I had no idea what that really meant. Um, and so so we, we, we gain this, this sensation, this presence in the system because of this hyperoxygenation. And we start to get all sorts of... Um, sensations uh we we can we can have tingling and our temperature can go up and down um we can have you know old chronic pains can kind of show up and heal um some people get uh like feel like you're being lifted up off the ground or being pressed into the ground like you're really heavy and and all of it is about you know putting you into this state to heal something to heal whatever's happening in there um emotions become very fluid if you will. Um, I mean, it's very common that people might have something like laughter or sadness come up or fear or anger. Um, I mean, I think pretty much every group I have, somebody's pounding their fist in anger, somebody's crying, <laughs> somebody's, you know, maybe having an orgasm <laughs> energetically or something, you know, have you, have um, you but had it's, that? have you had that? I, um, I mean, I, uh, you know, not to speak, you know, I always ask for confidentiality, uh, in sure, sessions, sure. But, but yeah, you know, all of these, all of these things are possible. And, and yes, wild. I've witnessed, I've witnessed some really, amazing openings and releases. And so when we talk about this space of, of non-judgment, of safety, you never know what's going to show up. Yeah, and and yeah. what I what I've learned to trust about the breath is you can always trust it. It's your breath. You know, you can't you can't like overbreathe yourself. Sure, sure. And so so if you know if something is coming up for you, it's because you're ready to see it, you're ready to look at it, you're ready to feel it. Um, and it, it'll never push you too far. It'll never push you over that edge and make you fall on your face. Um, now I've so. got to say this because we have men that, that could be listening to the show, you know, for the first time or whatever. And, you know, we're talking about this breathing and most, you know, here's the thing. And this, look, I've been, you know, in the health and wellness space for so long too, that I can, I can speak to this pretty candidly. Most people have no awareness of their breath. I mean, no. they, they really, they go through life. And it's just, it's on autopilot, right? Mm -hmm. And so what's really cool about this, and, and you're speaking to the lens that I love the most, which is the physiological side, because it's just, yep. it's where I come from. So, but the, the physical, physiological response, what's so interesting though, is it pulls you into a, an awareness space that you really can't ignore. And it's right. interesting because it, it it's almost, it sounds weird, but it's almost beyond physiological now because we're dealing with the heart and the soul and being in that present moment, like you're, you were speaking to. I love that because as a muscular gentleman, as a man who wants to be more masculine, I think that is one of the, I'd say one of the biggest areas for men to start working on immediately. If you want to be more masculine, learn to be in the present, right? And then once yeah, we're in the absolutely. present, address the things that are blocking you from being more masculine because there are things throughout our life and trauma is one of them that I truly believe halts or kind of maybe either halts, stagnates, or maybe even just completely stops our masculine growth from our, from being boys, you know, into that manhood. And yeah. this is such a good way. I think it's a great tool breath work to move past that. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I 100% agree. I mean, it, it's, uh, I've experienced that in my life and my practice with it. I've seen it happen over and over and over again with, with clients and groups. And it's, it is this way to push through 
barriers, blocks, um, you know, gain clarity. Um, you know, when we talk about sort of some of the masculine ideals, it's like masculinity is presence, mm-hmm. right? It is, it is that, that presence and awareness of, of what is happening right now. It's like, I can't, I can't be reactive yeah. if I'm truly in, in presence, right? And we talk about being that oak tree. We talk about, um, He's, you know, like it's, it's okay to be emotional or, or to, to have emotions, yeah. but being reactive to our emotions is not a, is not a masculine ideal. And no. this, this allows us, what I've found with breathwork is it allows you to be present with whatever's alive in you and not have to be reactive, to be able to want to, to witness your own processes and yeah. then choose what you want to do. You know, I love this idea of like bringing ourselves back to choice and instead of reactivity. Yeah. So, so Nate was talking about an oak tree. This is something that we uh, use as a metaphor within the the muscular gentleman online men's program. Um, The oak tree is just this symbol of sturdiness and, and, and strength. You know, the oak tree can withstand incredible storms and not move, you know, it'll sway through the storm, but it'll survive no problem. And so for that masculine man, um, that's something that we, that we kind of hold on to is, that ability to withstand the storm. And a lot of times that's the feminine energy, nothing negative about it. We're not, we're not uh, dogging on feminine energy or, or saying that it's bad in any way. In fact, it's a hundred percent necessary and it's what makes yeah. life so beautiful. But as a man, we have to show up as that Oak tree, as that stable grounded man. And that's what he's saying. is so, this is so good, Nate. What you're saying is, in order for me to be that oak tree, I have to be in the present, right? Yeah. As soon as I leave the present moment, I'm in a reactive state of some kind, right? And yep. so that's what's creating the issue. Give us a little bit of framework on what your breath work looks like, maybe from a high level standpoint. Like if I came to you and I was like, all right, Nate, sign me up for some breath work. What am I doing? Maybe just like uh, kind of a broad. And again, yeah. nobody should do this without a- <laughs> like this. Yeah. This is incredible work, but you don't just do this on your own, you know? Um, so yeah, t- talk to us about that. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, it's uh, this, the practice I teach, it's, it's more using an active inhale and a, a passive exhale. So you're, you're pulling this inhale in and you're just allowing your exhale to fall out. And there's, I mean, there's many, many forms of, of this practice out there. And, you know, whether it's in through the nose or out through the mouth or in through the mouth and out through the mouth or all through the nose, like depending on who you talk to and, sure. and what, what way they've been initiated into this work, like they might use different patterns of that. Um, the, the practice I use is all through the mouth when we, when we do our, our big breath work. Um, what, what made group, you groups and healing? Um, it's, it's the one that I had the most experience with and, and in practicing a lot of the different forms of it out there, this is the one I've found that um, it's, I, I found my body like falls into this one really naturally. Like I don't have to force it. I mean, I've even, I've even like woken up in the middle of the night and realized like my body was kind of in this process. And so I think I really feel like this is the one that kind of is the most natural that the body just, just falls into the easiest. Um, and so that's, that's one of the reasons why I like this one. It's also, you know, it does, it does push you and it, and it does. And I, you know, part of that masculine edge, right. Is leaning just over that edge. And so uh-huh. it does allow you to kind of push a little bit and, and build that charge up a little more. And so, you know, the practice itself is we, 
depending on how long or how, how long the container is that we're using, um, you know, we might be pulling that breath for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. When I do the bigger classes, it's 35 to 40 minutes. Where we're actively engaging in this breath. And then um, another 30 to 40 minutes after where we let the breath relax and you just sort of fall into this state of stillness. Sometimes, um, sometimes the mind is going, sometimes you feel like, you know, you've kind of fallen into a really beautiful nap space or, um, I mean, sometimes people say they journey. They're like, "Wow, I haven't—I don't know where I went," but I, it was really peaceful. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like to think of it as after a while of doing this, um, that that second half for me, a lot of times is kind of staring into the void, which I love. Um, I've, what, I've talked what, about. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> what, what, talk to me more about this. What, like, what does that mean? Like, um, um, so, void? yeah, the void, right? The well, being a you know a a long time meditator, there's this state of, of kind of flow where you get into um, where, you know, the thoughts sort of slow down and stop. And I, I want to layer a couple things over, over this, okay. um, this explanation. So one of the things I've, I've found in some of the research I've done and reading I've done with masculinity, it's like, we all as men, you know, are looking for this, this time when we can just shut off. Uh huh. Right. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna check all the boxes so I can just sit down and not have to think, not have to do anything. Yeah. Right? yeah. And like a reset, like a reset, and that's that's kind of how I find that space of staring into the void, where it's like it's it, you know in my mind it's black. There's nothing. I, I maybe I even feel like I'm floating, but it's like there's there's no thoughts coming in. There's no to do list going. Right. There's there's um there's nothing to really like look at or needs my attention or it's just, I get to just be in this space and I love it. I, I think there was, there was a, a time when I was, I was really anxious. That was one of the things that I think I've, I've kind of healed through my breathwork practice is this anxiety, but it used to scare me. Like I'd hit this spot and it'd be so still and, and just peaceful and, and fear would come up and, and eventually yeah. this fear kind of worked its way out. And now, like I said, now I love it. And, and it's it, you know, staring into the void. is kind of the only way I can explain it yeah. of, of just it's, it's free. It's peaceful. It's quiet. It's there's nothing, there's nothing was there, to take attention. <clears throat> was there like a fear of like, I shouldn't even be having this moment to myself. Like, like a fear of like, do I even deserve this kind of space to be able to, to enjoy or what? Um, maybe, uh, you know, the the non-deserving was never really one of my never really one of my negative self-talk That's one of pieces. Mine. That's one of mine. Yeah. So but I, I will say I think you know some of mine of, of safety was was a big one and not good enough was, uh-huh. was one for me a lot that I yeah. that I've struggled with for off like anytime stress comes up, it's always that, oh, I'm not good enough to actually be able to do this. I get that. And so yeah. it, it's it's not so much about deserving. I mean, okay. I, I guess, I, I guess that's just semantics, right? It's like, yeah. but that's the, that's the thing for me. It's like, oh, here, here's another example of how I'm not good enough. For it, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that, I think that piece is in it. Um, the anxiety for me though, was always just about taking myself out of the present moment, right? It was either worrying about something that might happen or, you know, being hurt about something that did happen and not allowing myself to be in that present moment. Once I finally allowed myself to just surrender to that to that moment of like oh no it's just still here it's there's nothing there's nothing that needs my attention and it's glorious (laughs) (laughs) that's cool um 
So, so let me ask you this. Look, as men, you know, that are trying to level up, we're trying to, to do, uh, we're trying to live life on just like, like we've talked about you and I, uh, a higher thermostat, right? We want to set that thermostat all the way and just live life full tilt, uh, leave it all out there. So there's only so much time in a day. And, you know, everyone that I feel like in the last 10 years, maybe just five years, this big buzzword of like, what's your morning routine and what's your, you know, um, daily practices that keep you moving forward. And, you know, there's reading and meditating and there's, there's breath work, there's cold showers, you know, there's all these different options out there. Right. And, and there's not one right way, but just from your perspective, if I was going to pick meditation versus some breath work, what would you, I mean, what, like, do you feel like it's a, a replacement? I mean, obviously they can both have totally different features, but like, what's your take on that? Like for somebody who's trying to optimize their life? Well, I think, I mean, I think breath work is a form of meditation. So even if I'm not going sure, to actively, actively engage in the breath in, in the way of the rebirthing breath, like if I, if I sit and meditate, like I still use the breath as my focal point. Sure. Um, so whether it's just paying attention to my breath or counting breaths, or maybe I'm, you know, counting a four second inhale, a seven second hold and an eight second exhale, or, um, you know, there's, so there's all these different practices that what, what I love about the breath for any sort of meditation or focal point is like, you can't breathe five minutes ago. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't breathe tomorrow. So yep. if you're, if you're doing anything where you're focusing on the breath, you're bringing yourself into the present moment. I, and I think that's, that's really important. Um, so, so that is, a, so it's funny. I do, I do Wim Hof um, before I jump into the cold. Uh, yeah. I literally found, I cannot get into a cold shower without doing the breath work first. I just physiologically cannot do it. And so I'll do yeah. uh, his breath work. I can't really meditate. I guess you could say I'm in the present moment because I'm sitting there having to do the work, yeah. but I mean, I guess that's a form of meditation. It's almost like a stress, stressful form of meditation, but I'm purposely <laughs> stressing my body in this cold water because I yeah. want that response uh, to create resiliency, you know, um, and, and things like that. But, um, but breath work in and of itself, what, what kind of breath work do you do from a meditation standpoint? That's different than the, the one, the breath work you teach for trauma, because obviously you wouldn't want to do that by yourself. What you teach. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, the, the one I just mentioned, so doing a, like a four second inhale, a seven second hold, and then an eight second exhale, um, is, is actually really good to calm the nervous system. So, and that can all be done through the nose or, you know, through the mouth, whatever's most comfortable. But again, anytime you take conscious hold of the breath, it's, it's really great. And so I, because I work so much with trauma and regulating the nervous system, um, anytime we can extend our exhale, longer than our inhale, we're, we're bringing the nervous system down. And so, you know, that could be a three second inhale, six second exhale, and that's it. Um, or, or if you can feel your heartbeat, you know, inhale for four heartbeats and exhale for eight heartbeats or, um, <clears throat> or, or even box breathing is a really great one. I think they, they taught maybe Navy SEALs that or something where it's a, it's a four count. So it's a four count in four count, hold four count, exhale, four count, hold. And you just keep, it's like, a, you know, a box, a square, you know, square breathing yeah. for, for four counts. Um, and I, I mean, there's, there's so much out there. No. What I, what I tell most people that are just getting started with any sort of presence practice is that's, that's what this is to me. It's all about just how do I get myself in the present moment and, and stop worrying about all the crazy things my head is doing right now. Yeah. Um, start with, you know, two minutes, 
or, or even one minute. Start with eight breaths and see if you can just stay with your breath for eight breaths. And if you make it, great, go about your day. Next day, try 12. Um, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, literature out there about, oh, you don't have time to meditate for 15 minutes, then you should meditate for 30 or, right. you right. know, and it's, yeah. and, and I think a lot of people that, that, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense, <laughs> um, which I understand. Yeah. Um, but, but I think especially in our culture, it's always bigger, better, faster, right? If it's not, right. if it's not 60 minutes of meditation every day, then it's not worth it. And it's like, to me, meditation or the breath practice, really, it's, it's about the breath has become a, a daily moment by moment thing. I mean, I can be, you know, taking my daughter to school and realize like, oh, I haven't actually paid attention to a breath yeah. for like an hour and I'll take in a breath. And, and, you know, we're always one breath away from the present moment. I love that. You know, again, it's like you can, you can at any point just go, oh, I can take a breath right now. Yeah. Oh, right. So, and and so it's so like, funny. bring yourself right back into the moment. <clears throat> it's so funny you say that. Cause it's, you know, with the muscular gentleman and, 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 you know, it's all about how do we take care of our body, get the body and physique we need to live the, our best life. How do we get our health back? And I always say that I say, look, you're one healthy meal away from getting back on track. You're one workout away from just getting right back on track. Like it's not yep. that far away, but what <laughs> cool is you just took that even a step further and it goes right down to like, Hey, why don't you just get in the present moment and take a breath? And it's right. that quick, right? It's, it's a heartbeat to just get yep. right back into uh, getting that masculine edge back, getting your sp your space uh, aw spatial awareness back, um, and that's huge for for I think most of us because I can tell you there's a lot of days I don't even think about my breath, but if I did, yeah. I think if I start taking those subtle moments instead of being like, well, I didn't meditate for an hour, that's okay. Just finding awareness is a starting point that can really change your life, to be honest. Yeah, and there's you know there's a reason why so many of us don't want to take a breath. And don't want to be in the present moment. Um, you know, I, I mentioned in the breath practice, you know, it builds this charge and like all this stuff can come up. But really just that one breath, just being in the moment with whatever's happening for self, like that's kind of that scary place for a lot of people. You know, it's a lot easier to distract, to, you know, <laughs> eat until you can't feel, to, you know, zone out in your phone or zone out on TV or whatever it is. All of those things are a distraction from what is going on within. Right. And that's, uh, you know, talking about, again, back to masculinity, you know, when we lean just over our edge, when if we, if we want to be better, like we have to look at these things and the present moment can be really, really scary if, if we're carrying any sort of anxiety or trauma or, or anything, because as soon as I come in the present moment, now, now my body's going to be like, Oh, Hey, here's this trauma you haven't looked at. You're present. Here it is. Yeah. And that's not always fun. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's I, hard work. It's funny. I, I, I did a podcast with a, a Frank Rich and we were he, he brought up cognitive dissonance and this, uh -huh. this idea that like, you're doing, you're living a certain way uh, that's not in alignment with where you want to go and what you're trying to accomplish. Right. It's causing this, like this tension and, and, and it's almost slowing you down. Right. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's exactly, I mean, this, what a, what a cool way to create alignment with just breath work um, is, yeah. is, is, is r stop running away from what you're so afraid of. Um, and, and face it. And that's what the masculinity is about, right? The, right. the Oak tree can't go run, right? The Oak tree can't 
disappear from the storm, whatever that it doesn't have to be the feminine, but you know, the oak tree's sturdy, it's rooted, it's there. And that's part of what we have to do as men is face some of these, these fears or these, whatever we're trying to distract ourselves from looking at inside. Um, yeah. Because yeah, it might be dark, it might be dirty and messy, but you know what, this is where we talked about at the beginning, the safeness, like you are safe. And uh, that's why it's nice to have a, well, you know, a therapist like you, you know, I don't know what else is out there, but I have not once, but both sessions I did with you felt unsafe to just deal with it. You know, um, I yeah. do want to say this, if you don't mind me talking for just a second. Um, I did, I did Nate's breath work and you're in Denver, right? Yep. Yeah. So he does uh, Lakewood, but right outside of Denver. Yeah. Okay. So he's right outside <laughs> Denver, uh, Lakewood. He, he does this online too. So, you know, uh, I definitely want you to share your information at the end of this uh, podcast, make sure people can find you, but you can do this online, right? Like you can do. Uh, uh, yeah. So right now I'm doing individual sessions online. Um, I don't have any online groups coming up currently, but that will probably change. Yeah. So I put on special events for that. I just don't have any on the calendar at the moment. Okay. Well, and I find that, you know, I did it uh, online with you. I didn't find it much. Well, I didn't do it in person, but I don't, see it being much different right like you're not going to lose out on much other than maybe just like hearing the music um, so like, so what i find yeah so the, the music is a little a little different but um i i do i, I don't take people as deep online um okay. so the, the the duration is shorter um more just because there's there's some there's some very unique and interesting things that can start to happen when we engage in the breath this way um and i do find that um, and then it, it works very well online. Uh -huh. It's great because people are in the comfort of their home and they can, you know, maybe go right to bed afterwards or take a nap sure. or something if they feel like they need to. Um, but it's, I, I don't, I don't go quite as deep in the, sure. in makes the online platforms. <laughs> well, so speaking from experience, when I did it the first time, my upper left trap, I mean, completely locked up. I mean, it was like, there was a trigger there. I don't, I'm mm -hmm. not sure exactly what was going on. Um, I don't have any neck issues or, or, or shoulder <laughs> issues, uh, following the session. So that was fine. Um, my, my, what I found so interesting is I couldn't stop laughing. Um, yeah. and that's what showed up for me both times that I did it with you. I just, I don't know what, you know, I'm still, and I actually came to some really cool, um, truths through this, this breath work already, but I mean, I find it fascinating to want to do it more and more because, there is a way of just digging into your soul a little bit and getting, but I do know, I can tell you without a doubt, my ability to stay present is, um, got has already gotten better from doing two breath work sessions with you, but it was showing up as a weakness for me. And I, f I found it hard with my kids. Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, my mind can just, and you know, this, it can just go. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but what a, I can just tell you right now, I, I thoroughly enjoyed doing those sessions with you and finding that uh, weakness in me. Um, it, it, one, learning to want to dig more into what was this laughter about? I know it had some stuff to do with my mom and some other things. So that was great. Um, the other part was just the, the ability to just start getting more present. Um, and that practice alone, I think, is so valuable. So uh Thank you for letting me do that with you. Absolutely. Um, to just, you know, the, the listeners, it's, it's going to be different for every single person. Like he said, I did not get an orgasm, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but man, does it so powerful and so uh, effective. It's worth doing 
100% at least once and then seeing where you want to take yeah. it. But um, yeah, I wanted to say that. Why don't we, I want to kind of um, segue here into the muscular gentleman. So Nate is one of the muscular gentlemen in the program and one that I have found to have done a ton of work within a very short amount of time. Your body has actually transformed your posture, the muscle growth already. Uh, there's so many things that have happened. Can you tell us or just the audience a little bit about your experience in the program? Yeah. Oh man, it's been, uh, it's been quite the journey. Um, and there's been a, you know, a couple of little speed bumps here and there, but I've, I've done a lot of men's work um, over the, over the last 10 years and, you know, didn't grow up with, with a lot of really good masculine role models. Um, in fact, quite a few very bad masculine role models and steered away from a lot of, um, you know, what true masculinity would be because I was, I was kind of afraid of it. Yeah. And it, a lot of what I was seeing was um, really toxic, toxic behaviors. And that's, uh, it's kind of funny. I get, I get triggered when I hear the word toxic masculinity because I'm like, masculinity isn't toxic. There's toxic behavior. Yeah. There's toxic people. Uh, but masculinity is, is, uh, is a really powerful, powerful thing when we, when we embrace it um, and when we're initiated into it yeah. in the right way. And one of the things that I've, I've always struggled with is, I mean, I've, I played sports when I was younger. I was actually, I was, uh, you know, I got like fourth at state and high jump and played varsity basketball and I did some of those things, but muscle mass was never a part of, of that. Like I was never able to actually lift weights and gain muscle in areas. And just so the listeners know, I'm six, seven, and I've always stayed right around, you know, right around 200 pounds as an adult, which is very thin for somebody with that frame. Um, you know, I noticed my, my chest, I've never been able to build muscle in my chest or my glutes. Um, I've had some, I have a, a, a lumbar low back anomaly that um, I've just, nobody's ever really been able to figure out or help me with or help me get strength through. And so I kind of just sort of let myself be like, all right, well, this is just what I'm stuck with. And, you know, that is not a masculine ideal to just lay down and be like, all right, well, I guess this is what I was handed. So <laughs> I'll deal with it. Um, and, and I kind of reached this point in my, my spiritual journey and my relationship journey and my business and where like things weren't working. I was, I was losing a lot of energy. Um, I was backing off my client load. Um, I just like, I was having a hard time showing up in, in the way I wanted to show up. And I think part of that might've been my nutrition, my diet. Um, I was vegan for about three years. And while I'm, I'm really glad that I, I did that and I went through that experience, I, I had to um, for, for whatever my body was going through at that time. Um, you know, the muscular gentleman also got me to start eating uh, animal protein. Again, which was really <laughs> great. And almost overnight um, I started, like my energy started coming back. My virility started coming back. Um, and, you know, within a very short amount of time, strength started showing up in ways I realized I didn't, I, I could, you know, those hours I had taken out of my schedule, I was able to put back in because I had energy again. Um, and I think probably, I mean, I started noticing differences in the way I looked within three or four weeks. Other people really started noticing after about seven or eight weeks. Uh -huh. um, and now I am about a week away from finishing the initial three month um, period of this. And I have you know, more, more muscle mass. Yeah. The initiation phase. Yeah. Um, and I have, you know, a lot more muscle mass than I ever thought I would have, especially my chest and my glutes, uh, yeah. my wife. Like, so I have, 
this is kind of silly, but oh. I've always had to, I've always had to wear a belt. And for the last like month, I haven't had to wear a belt because my butt actually holds my yes. pants up. <laughs> so I'm like, if that's all I get out of this, that's great. But that's not all I've gotten. Like there's been all of these other things. And and so adding that strength and the the uh the the nutrition piece, putting on weight, like I'm at a weight that I've weighed before, but when I weighed this much 10 years ago, I was fat. Uh And, uh, you know, I think I'm right about 230 right now. So six, seven, 230. And like, I think about 12% body fat. I'm like, like, who is this guy that I keep seeing in the mirror? Like my friends, like don't even recognize me anymore. Um, and I'm like, I'm still the same guy, but I'm really not. I'm, I'm so much stronger. I'm so much more grounded and rooted in who I am, what my mission is. Um, how I show up and uh, yeah, man, it's been, it's been a pretty crazy journey the last three months and I'm really excited to see where it continues. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So you started, you literally look this show, the muscular gentleman show is about masculinity, sex attraction. Let's talk about this a little bit if you're comfortable with it, because yeah, um, to me, um, I, look, every man I've ever talked to, you know, they want quality. They want more sex. They want, to be attractive, uh, for their spouse or their wife or, you know, or, or woman, whatever. But the interesting thing is so many men are just not doing the things that actually create attraction. Um, or it's sometimes for men, it's so confusing because the feminine is so different than men. And because they don't know those differences, we keep showing up and creating issues for ourselves. Like we're actually our own worst enemy when it comes to attraction and sex. Can we, let's dive into that for a minute, because if you're still listening, this is the fun part, but uh, (laughs) it's the part of the muscle thing where I get the most uh, just excited about because relationships can change drastically within this program, just with the mindset shift, but also with, with what you start doing for your body and your health. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you have a specific question? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you we could go, we could go a lot of started to bring up your butt and your, your belt and your oh, right. life. And I don't know where you were going with that, but then you dropped that. Oh, Which, so yeah. I mean, my wife, my wife keeps making comments about, you know, like, Oh, you're so like, you're just so strong now. And you know, look, yeah. at, look at those muscles. Yeah. So I think she's grabbed my butt a few times and I'm like, Oh wow. There's, there's muscle there. And, and I mean, you know, not that she ever complained before, but yeah. like she's, she's gone out of her way to, you know, let me know she likes what she sees, which has been really great. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, sex has been a lot better. Um, and it's funny, I've, I've, uh, you know, as part of my journey over the last 10 years, I've, I've studied some tantric practices. I've studied some of the Taoist sex practices and um, you know, there's these exercises you can do to increase stamina and, and length and girth and you right. know, all of these things. Right. And I, so I've, I've done a lot of that work over the years and she and I have done some very intentional work um, for, for growing our communication, growing our intimacy, doing all of those things. And the last three months, uh, while I've, I've been doing all of that work for a few years, the last three months, I mean, it has been like light speed, you know, warp speed through um, like, Oh man, I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. Attraction. Yeah. um, Just the presence in that, in that space of intimacy um, has been just uh, like beyond what I, what I honestly, what I even thought was possible. I mean, there's like, there's spaces where I didn't even know what I was missing. I didn't even know what I didn't know. 
Sure, sure. And and without the 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 strength, without the understanding of like how I need to show up in that present state of masculinity, um, like I never would have been able to even discover it. Right? Like it would have just been something that was completely out of, you know, you, you yeah. just you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, right. right. No, I love that. And and it's funny because I think too masculinity is look this this for every man listening i'm going to give you a huge tip here and and i think you need to hold on to this just the tip here just the tip. uh here's the thing you can read all the tantra books read the best sex you know you'll you'll see magazines like the number one sex technique to wow her or whatever none of those techniques matter no no toy no like nothing no blue pill none of that matters if you're not bringing the masculine energy and presence to that woman. So if you want to create the best sex of your life, fast track it, like Nate just said, and just become more masculine. And this is what we do in the program. And this is what we teach, right? Is how to become more masculine, but, yeah. but um, becoming more masculine is what creates the magnetism and the attraction that that woman will just want to rip your clothes off. She'll stare at your butt. You know, like Nate was saying, my wife is commenting on my butt. I can't even tell it's funny because we think arms are like huge arms and abs and all these things. Those are, those are great. But yeah, my woman too, she's a, she must be a, a butt woman, right? Like she, she would grab it yeah. and bring it up. Like it's a, it's a topic. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, the workouts that I provide in the bus, they somehow seem to uh, accentuate the glutes. Definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it is, it's a masculinity thing. It's, it's like, it doesn't matter all these, it doesn't matter what you know, and unless you're showing up, you know? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and it's interesting. Cause I, like, I didn't realize how I wasn't showing up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I thought I was doing all the things that I was doing. You know, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I didn't think there was more, right. It was like, well, I'm checking this box. I'm checking this box. I'm doing all these things. Sure. And there was, yeah, there was this, this level of presence of, of that rootedness in, in the masculine. And, and, you know, I mean, I definitely found myself being, um, you know, falling into the emotional patterns and being swayed by that being reactive. And, and that was, that was probably one of the biggest shifts for me is, is being able to find that space of non-reactivity because as soon as I can be non-reactive, um, with with my wife, like she can go through whatever emotional process she needs to. She can rely on me to be that that strength for her, and then she opens yeah. in ways that like, and, and it's like I don't, I don't really have to do anything but <laughs> stand there and listen. Yeah, and and um, it's yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. But it takes it, like it takes courage and strength. It's like it's really easy to be like, oh, I just sit there and do nothing. But yeah, yeah. no, you have to hold that. You have to hold that space. So kind of all the way back to the beginning, we were talking about safety, right? Yeah. It's like it's that space that you hold. If you can sit there in the midst of the storm mm-hmm. of of that emotional conflict of, of whatever it is there, and you can stay rooted in that divine masculinity in that that presence that non-reactivity everything else just starts to show up um and that that's why i got into the work that i do because trauma pain anxiety all of those things take away your ability to hold that present state to hold that sacred space for self or for anybody else yeah yeah 
There you go. I love that. That's, that's so, so good. Um, I'm going to have to pull that from a, for a clip. <laughs> but, but though, uh, you know, this is what's so interesting to me is, um, you know, there's, there's this, I don't know if you know much about the community out there of like the red pill. Um, they talk about like being alpha and beta and all these different things. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny. I, I, I find that if I've read into those forums, I've read into these different theories and, and all these things. And, you know, there's some truth to some of it. There's some, you know, biological things happening and things like that. But when you just kind of take yourself out of like overthinking this whole process as men and just think, how do I become more masculine? It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. We don't have to yep. complicate this, but what's nice too, though, is, is, and I find, you know, you going through the muscular genome program with me, I have found you have been one of the faster men in the program to reach levels of deeper masculine um, edge, I would say, than, than some of the others because of this background that you have with the breath work and dealing with mm-hmm. trauma uh, in ways that maybe some of the men haven't. And I do find that interesting because it, it, was, an ex- it was like an accelerated process for you. Um, yeah. You started seeing results pretty quickly. Uh, even in our, our men's talks, you know, about masculinity, when we talk about the feminine and, you know, we talk about arguing and different, all these different things, it was, it was like your ability to, um, find or see yourself in those spaces and then almost look at it from an outside perspective and go, Oh, I wasn't showing up there. Like, what was I thinking was really cool to watch because, um, a lot of men, I think we, you know, I, I, I didn't do breath work before, so uh, maybe I did this slower than you, but uh, thankfully I've been able to start seeing it more and more, but I do th- think that's really interesting because I wonder if, if the breath work made a difference for that kind of. So I think, I think it did in my healing process. Um, yep. So like even before coming into this, um, but you know, what you're talking about, like kind of being that observer of self, yeah. right? that's like, that's mindfulness. All right. So that's being willing to separate like who you are, like who you really are from the emotions, from the thought patterns, from the behavior patterns, from all the habituations of life of, of being human and, and kind of living in this reality. So yeah. when we can start to observe self, like everything starts to become a choice. Yeah. But there are many, many areas where people are unwilling to observe self. They're, they're, they want to blame. They want to be the victim. They want to, um, you know, not go into it for fear or, or whatever it might be. And, and so that's, I mean, that is what I've been working on for the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and I mean, I've, I've, I've held men's groups and circles. And, and so all of this, this understanding of masculinity I have. Um, and, and I think what's, what's happened with the strength that I have gained in these last three months is it, it went from, I know it, and I understand it cognitively to, oh, now I actually see how to live it because right. I have that inner strength to actually hold it and, and, and stay with it. Right, right. I love that. And, <laughs> and uh, some of the gentlemen listening to this program, you know, or the show, if, if you, if this, some of this is so new to you or just different, um, a lot of times when Nate's talking about just being present, um, it doesn't have to be an argument with a, with a woman. It could just be a numerous things, but women, the feminine energy, and this is where these other groups drive me crazy because there seems to be this like resentment toward women and the feminine and, and this negative thing. 
look, even and, and Nate and I have talked about this. We started talking about this before I hit record, but like even feminism. Okay. I look, I'm not going to waste my time. Like we talked about Nate and I did being the victim uh, of fit, like all these things Th- that is completely that, that a, a muscular gentleman, a masculine man can't be the victim. Okay. It's not, it's not in our cards. Okay. So sitting there and dogging on women and getting resentful over, you know, whether they've, they have used sex in the past with you, or if you've got trauma in the past with a woman, you got to let that go. And you got to move into a space where you are a man and that masculinity is going to take you there. But, um, moving forward from all that, when we can set ourselves up to be present in the masculine energy form for a woman, you're going to create a different way of living with that woman, meaning there's attraction, there's magnetism, and she's constant. Look, the feminine does this. They're going to be testing you because they want to feel your strength. They want to feel your, your uh, resiliency, um, your clarity, your focus. They want to feel these things with you because it allows them to fall more into their feminine. And, and Nate, and look, Nate, Nate, I'll let you talk about this. Cause you know, just as well as I do now, like, or you, like, you know, this, Talk a little bit about how um, women can be both. That's what men don't understand. Women can be masculine. We, they can put on that masculine mask real quick. Um, if you want to speak to that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, so I think it's important to understand, you know, in all of these, in all of these conversations that are happening right now around masculinity and femininity and all of that, it's like, first and foremost, we're all human yep. and, and we all have both of those ideals available to us, right? Like at any given point, I could go into the feminine if, if like there's a strong emotion coming up or, or I need to surrender over to something or whatever it is. It's like, there's, there's masculine and feminine energies available to us at any given time because we're human. We're all human, right? So if I'm born with these parts, I'm probably going to tend more toward one of one or the other, but it's still all available to us. Right. And, and when we're talking about attraction and this doesn't matter if it's a uh, 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 homosexual relationship a lesbian relationship uh, uh, you know it does it doesn't matter right if we're, if we're trying to create attraction there has to be that polarization and the only words we have right now are masculine and feminine right right and so there are times when my wife is very masculine she runs an international company for women um, and she has to put on her masculine mask a lot and one of the biggest issues that we were having is i'm i'm a very easygoing person uh and you know kind of go with the flow which honestly is, is kind of a feminine expression not a bad thing oh. but it is on on the scale of masculine and feminine, it would lean more toward the feminine side of things of, of being that go with the flow, surrender yeah, kind of passive. thing, being the ocean, the waves, right? More passive. And so I would just let her kind of take control of stuff. Cause I'm like, oh, whatever. Oh, you're, you're concerned about this thing. I don't really have an opinion on it. So if you <laughs> want to be the boss of that, you go ahead. Right. And, and what, what had happened was it nurtured this, this relationship where we were really depolarized. And our sex life was suffering. Our attraction was suffering. We were, you know, a lot of times just kind of feeling like roommates. And to be honest, like I was pretty content. I was just like, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah. I have a lot of trauma and things in my past. And I was like, I'm not in an abusive relationship. I'm, you know, everything's fine. You know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> right. Kind of being yeah. more of that feminine expression of allowance and, and that. And, and 
as I, I actually remember a few years ago, I think it was two or three years ago. Oh, it was during the, during like right after the initial quarantine after COVID hit. Um, I started getting more into um, the, the masculine expression and really what that looks like in, in regard to sex and intimacy. And I remember getting into this conversation with my wife about like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to step up more here and be more in this, this kind of masculine leadership, masculine presence. And, and here's what the feminine looks like. And she got so angry. Uh-huh. Like we got in this really big argument over, you know, masculine and feminine dynamics. And she was like, I'm not going to be some passive wife and I'm not going to be doing your laundry. And, t- and not that I asked <laughs> her to do my laundry or any of that. Yeah. Things. Right. Right. But, but it like, it triggered her so much, which of course I now realize like any of those emotional storms, like that's more of a feminine expression than masculine expression, but it kind of halted us for quite a long time. And we didn't have any of those kind of masculine feminine dynamic conversations again until a little more recently um, it started before before I started the muscular gentleman, but um, it's been a lot more since I started. But what's been cool is we actually haven't had to have those conversations as much because I've just shown up in yeah. the way I need to show up, and that allows her to show up in the way she needs to show up. So I had this really great example of, of something that happened just recently, in the last couple of weeks, where I got to see this in action. Um, my wife has. Um, she she's dealt with um depression and and manic depressive tendencies i'm never diagnosed not medicated or anything but that has been a cycle since we've we've been together and it all you know every three or four months it gets really really dark for her and um our pattern has always been to um start getting into more arguments she gets a lot more critical um gets very blaming, gets very emotional, like, like crying and lack of sleep and like all of these things snowball for her. And, you know, for me, it's always been like, Oh, great. Here we go. And I'm going to deal with this crap again. You know, God, maybe she should be medicated. Maybe she should die. Maybe all the, like all of these things. And I'm like, you know, why is she doing this to me? Why is she always blaming me for everything? Right. Kind of going to that victim role yep. when it started this time. And so she, she just came out of this cycle. Um, and, and when it started about a month ago, I recognized it immediately and I continually just started showing up like, okay, I understand she's in this cycle. I understand her emotions are going to be, you know, really all over the place. Um, she's going to need my support. Yeah. Not my blame, not my weakness, not your mentality, not my victim mentality. Yeah. Right. And for probably the first time in the 10 years we've been together, um, she didn't go to blame. Yes. She didn't go to all these other things. In fact, she leaned on me in many situations in this, and we were able to navigate it and get through it in a way that was completely different and so supportive of each other. And I mean, I, I, I was shocked as we came, as we kind of came through it and it's coupled with hormones and some other things too, but we actually had a conversation about that of, of like, Hey, this is the, you know, you're in your cycle. And we are not ready to get divorced. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is amazing. And, and not, and, and I don't want to put that all on her. No, right? no, absolutely. It's, not, it's, it's, it's not like her fault or, or sure. her, right. But it's like, like it was, it was a pattern of behavior she brought in that I wasn't able to deal with as a muscular gentleman, as a, as a divine masculine energy. Yeah. And I was able to do that for her this time. And I'm like, oh, well. I'm going to do that every time now yeah, because it, 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 it showed support. It showed intimacy and, and, 
and it was something that I, I had never had modeled for me yeah, growing up yeah, or, or yeah. anything. So it was, it was really great. That's so fantastic. I love that example. And it, what's so cool about that is, is um, that support that she was needing you. And you've said this before, I think in one of our uh, coaching calls, you were like, man, I, I never realized that as a man, like it's my responsibility to show up in this masculine form. And mm -hmm. it's funny because when we do, that's where they just get like for her to lean against you. You know, I just, you know, you're the Oak tree. She's just like laying into you and just like needing that from you. You just became such a high value man to her. Like your value mm -hmm. just skyrocketed because all of a sudden this feeling of being able to trust you to, um, rely on you and that's the feminine right it's that's what they're dying for but um yeah i'm sure you just went way yeah. high value your uh, attraction went way you know all these things just from that alone not not just the the <laughs> the newfound butt that you got and all these other things <laughs> but, but, right. but just showing up in that sense had to have been so powerful so that's really that's an amazing story i love that yeah. It, uh, this is fantastic. I feel like we're going to have to do a second show. <laughs> um, before I, I, I end this, please um, tell us where we can find you. Uh, how can we get a hold of you? Um, if there's anything else you want to talk about, and and let's let's end with that because I want to make sure people can find you. Yeah, I mean the best way to to get in touch with me is through the website. Um, it's my business called Somatic Synergies, so it's www.somaticsynergies.com. Um, you can also go to nateywork.com. It points to the same place, just my name. Um, you know, I do individual sessions. I do Zoom sessions. I, we have group classes and workshops. Um, I, I don't only work with men. I, I work with many different types of people. And um, <clears throat> the I'm based in Lakewood, Colorado, just outside of Denver. Um, and yeah, that's... I will say, I will say that, I know you said you don't <laughs> just work with men, but what's really nice about this and what's nice about Nate is if you're listening to the show and you, you resonate with the masculine side... Um, he's done the work. And what's cool is as you're going through this, he really has an ability to be able to kind of help from that masculine side, which is Absolutely. really, I think, encouraging because yeah. not only is it safe, but it's <laughs> the language we're trying to pick up on and understand better, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, and I love working with men. I mean, I definitely, I have men specific groups and I, I've done some um, like sacred, sacred masculine, divine masculine work with, with some private groups and things. And I, I love, love doing that work. In fact, just this last weekend, um, I spent, spent the weekend with some men and some really deep heartfelt work, um, really opened up a, a whole lot for, for these guys and for me too. Um, and it's, you know, we really need as men, like we need to be able to rely on, on each other to be able to hold that space. We can't, uh. It's not that we can't rely on our our intimate partners for that, but it, it depolarizes, right? It takes away that attraction. Like we we can't we can't rely on them in the same way that they they should rely on us. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's different. Yep. So yep. that that space is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, Nate. Well, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show and. This has been fun. I feel like we could continue for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't ignore my texts when I try to uh, bring you back on here. <laughs> I won't. No, I but won't. Uh, thank you for your time, man. Um, and uh, yeah, we will see you guys soon. You've been listening to the muscular gentleman. 
Finally, a podcast that's unapologetic for being a man. Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure you visit the website, www.themusculargentleman.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or just tell a buddy about the show. That would help, too. Don't forget, Rustin is available for private coaching. Embrace your masculinity and live the life you've always wanted. See you next time on The Muscular Gentleman.